0: You're listening to the Ace Broadcasting Network.
1: Okay, folks, here we go with Tony Bennett, Count Basie, and Jim
0: Carolla. City sidewalk, busy sidewalks, dressed in holiday style. In the air, there's a feeling of Christmas. Children laughing, people passing, meeting smile after smile. And on every street corner you will hear silver bells, silver bells. It's Christmas time in the city. It will be Christmas Day Lights, blink a bright red and green as the shoppers rush home with their treasures. Hear the snow crunch, see the kids' books. This is Santa's big scene, and above all the puzzle.
1: Okay, welcome podcasters, this is our 17th, we're doing two in one day today, 16 and 17, so we're, here we go again. Okay, so in 16 we were introducing kind of Buddhist concepts, and they're very thoughtful of the importance of mindfulness and getting the mind, ordinary mind, a little more study before you could even go any deeper. It's like a wild mind. The Buddhist world's like a wild elephant, and um, the first thing you know when they when they take an elephant out of the wild, I've just thought about that. They first tie the elephant to something, a pole or a tree, and for, for I don't know how long the elephant struggles and struggles and struggles, and he he finally comes to a place either hours later or the next day where he realizes that he's in a situation where he himself cannot. He can't, he can't do, it. he can't break away from this thing. So he begins to settle down. And as he begins to settle down, even in his fatigue, and then the, the trainer, I forget what they're calling in India, Um anyway, at this time, that person who's going to be his, be with him the rest of his life, uh, comes over to him, pets him, and begins to make a relationship with him. And then eventually he's untied and he has a relationship now, um, with this person. And then incidentally, that's similar how, 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 it works for us also. We need a relationship. And now there's a connection between the two persons. And Wait, they...
2: that, that was a really sad story. With the elephant being tied up. And then, doesn't it go on like then he does it, then you, you'll have him chained at first and then he'll stay there just with a string. I mean when he could break away right
1: Yeah he he gets he's now actually when, when a when a wild creature becomes domesticated there are all all animals in that level when they first break them in like a horse or anything and they tremendous, tremendous struggle but once they they um, get into the new environment and they could actually find a better life in it in other words they're fed now there's they roam in the grass or the you know whatever it is that they do, uh, they come under that ver they come it's almost like a that discipline as they come under that now, and the life in the wild um with all its aspects of it, of course it's not living as long in the wild; they have a much longer life in domestic life, so you know so I feel sorry for the animal, but one hand particularly now that the, particularly the elephant, it seems to really get involved in its work, and it it seems to be okay. It has a really good relationship with the, God, I wish I couldn't think of the name, the Mahat or something. Mahat. Sounds like that. And he takes it down to the river, and they bathe, and he feeds them, and it's a nice place to spend sleeping. So it's 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 not bad in that sense as it has... Wildness, when one gets domesticated, usually uh, could have a better life, know, or it could be worse. Maybe you know they can go into a circus or something like that. But I'm talking more of the Indian ele- uh, elephant and its relationship with its uh, trainer. Hmm. And one way the wild elephant, as um, uh, Buddhists call that, so it needs to have needs to settle down before it can do any kind of or any kind of study, work, or concentration. As long as it's wild, there's something that it, it, can't, it can't follow a road or a discipline. Um, the mind, now we're talking about mind now. So the wild mind, in some way, has to be tamed. And, and meditation is part of that. Anyway, the, what I want to offer for this new, in this section, <clears throat> is breath, the importance of breath. Um,
2: so what you're saying, though, to be mindful or to be, to awaken, you got to break at some level.
1: Well, you have to, yeah, you have to go, of course, remember the, this thing you call the the prison, this mind, this ordinary mind in life, um, it's going to go on just as it is. I mean, it's not, it's going to just follow those roads. So there is a. There is kind of, I don't know, breaking would be a hard, but let's use that word. It's breaking it on the trail that it's on as trying to guide it to another level. Well, it might be a better way to say it. And then it can follow a discipline to to able to um, advance, to be able to evolve. It couldn't do it while it was in a wild state. Okay, now we're on this show, number 17, related to mindfulness, one important instrument is breath. So we're going to work with that a little bit. So Ray, um, let's, let's 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 try a little with breath. First place, uh, let's check our the state we're in, posture of our where I am. I've used a pillow in my arm that uh, helps me to uh, stay straight. Without the pillow, I tend to be, I go back. Um, that's something in meditation you need too. Something that'll hold, if you're doing it in a chair, uh, or wherever it is, sometimes you need a, a, you need a pillow to remind you. The, when you slouch on the pillow, you can feel it, and remind reminds you to come back up. Okay, um, so we're trying, them podcast audience, you might want to try it with this. Now, we're looking for a breath point. The breath point we're looking for is right below the the navel. It's in the lower stomach. So for a moment, I'm trying it with Ray. The podcasters can. You see that little muscle, right a few inches from the belly button, and you, and you experience it. And you try to not deviate from that spot. So for a moment just locate the spot and feel the breath. The in breath and the out breath. Very naturally. You can feel how the abdomen rises and drops. So you could work on that on your own. Um, And you can find that, you can find that breath point. That's what they call it breath point. Okay, then we're going to go into, I'm naming silent counting. So the next step is now you've got your point, now you introduce silent counting. So the silent counting. One for the in-breath and the, and the out-breath. So it's not two separate. It's not one and two. It's just one. So I feel my stomach rising and going back down again. I stay with one for a moment, trying to get to feel it. Feel my stomach going out. And only those that are trying to Beginning meditation could start with this too. One. And when I think I've had the breath point and I feel the in and out breath is one, then I can go to two. In and out for two. And so on. And to take it to ten. And when you come to ten, you can stop for a moment. And just see, maybe you forgot to count. Maybe different things can happen. But you just go back to it again. So now you're going to go on, on the way down. Ten, 9, Eight. And so on. you reach zero. So that's called silent counting. And it's going to be done in a dentist's office or you know, instead of going for the magazine, you're going to try to feel the difference between diversion of just going for some stimulation and the difference of um, working with interior life. the Distinguish between those two. Diversion and um, novelty. That's a good word, novelty. So picture, picture yourself in the doctor's office somewhere waiting for something. And, you know, you see a magazine close by or a rack or get interested in what other people are saying. Instead of doing that, actually try to, at this point, make a switch. And say, "Maybe well, I can do my counting." Why do you try a little interior work wherever you are? And that's part of the voluntary suffering in the Buddhist world. That now, nat- my natural inclination for the novelty and the, and the stimulation would be the magazine. So if I look over at the at the magazines and I see pictures, a sport picture, or attractive woman, or something. You know, I can feel myself going to the magazine or, or something, or some enticing thing that the receptionist may be saying to somebody, and you try to listen to it and so on. So you actually make an effort to go back to yourself and work interiorly. So if your legs are crossed, you can put your feet on the ground, but your natural comfort would be crossing your legs. So that's what I mean by small Sometimes not so small, intentional suffering, struggle with the body. So, I would say, let's say, if we're just thinking about that, being in a dentist's office. First, the first part of that is you feel the impression of the magazine coming in. In other words, as my eyes look over and see some enticing picture or something. I feel how I'm drawn to things. I'm drawn to them. And sometimes before I could even catch it at all, I already have the mind in some chain cycle. So, for example, I'm just in the podcast room and I look around and I see I have like books and a clock and I have a picture of Adam's book and I'm trying to I'm just trying to see is that Adam yeah yeah, so so I'm just drawn to this um uh, this kind of thing now <clears throat> and i'm drawn to the i'm also hearing the the chain cycle in my mind, so I gently just stop and come back, look away from the magazines or in this office the the book, and um and I might check my body, see what kind of my posture is. Then I might take my hands and just put my left and my right hand. In the meantime, there's talking around me and music and different things that could happen in a doctor's office or a train station. So you hear that, but you try to stay or you go back to that um, breath point. Meantime, trains could be going by and all kinds of things. You go back to that breath point and you could do the counting. So wherever we are, we're making an attempt to move away from just what allures us to interior, almost like intentional suffering, um, because we don't particularly want to do it. Any time you change your posture to adjust to um, not just a, some lackadaisical or just comfort, um, it's, a, it's a form of work. Any adjustment. I mean, something in me came awake, so I made the adjustment. Maybe prior to that, I was sound asleep, just rehearsing in my mind or um, being allured by something, somebody coming in the front door. So, so, hey, who is that? Look at her with that funny hat she's got on. Oh, you know, the whole chain reaction begins and the judgment about why don't she wear, she should be wearing blue instead of, she also should lose 30 pounds. All right, just stop it. <laughs> Did you ever do that? Just catch that change. Four it's hours
2: crazy. ago. <laughs> yeah.
1: From one thing to another. Grassy, bringing, but, but
2: Jim, uh, why do you call it, why does it have to be? Um, I mean, I know it doesn't have to be, but why do you call it uh, suffering?
1: Well, it's a small one, but if we do, it can lead to, to more kinds of discipline. Because you're moving from some comfort zone into an intentional position. You're moving away from the the natural inclination.
2: Can you call it like intentional awareness or that wouldn't fit the bill?
1: Well, because once you get in this you can see there might be a resistance and even the body wants to stay in this other position.
2: Well, you're going away from what you know.
1: Yeah. You're going to some momentum that's natural for you and um, you have an intention to do something different. But it's going to cause a struggle. I'm calling that little struggle kind of a suffering. Third, I call this taking a walk with the breath. So it's another possibility. We're we're in a counting and we're count We're we're trying to unify movement, uh, counting, and, and breath organ breath organization. So again, this could be done any time, any place. And in a short while, Ray and I will be walking out to our car. Um, but think about the count, of the walking, taking our breath for a walk, is that we, again, as we walk, we really feel the movement of our feet on the ground, a sensation of touching the ground as we're walking, and timing it with our breath, the in-and-out breath. Maybe one, you know, we're taking the right, the second um, in and out, the second breath. You might have to go one, two for walking. So he said, now walking, I just use one foot. I mean, <laughs> no, I don't mean I walk with one foot. Um, I use the counting. One means when I come back to my right foot, then it's two. So one, two, three. Um, and, I may, uh, and, and to uh, um, synchronize the breath. As I come to the next number, you have to try it a little bit. Of course, there's different speeds of walking. Usually, it takes us a slower walk, but if you want a faster walk, you can do it too. You still need to feel the sensation of your feet on the ground, and synchronize them with your breath.
2: And do you means... do this wherever you go?
1: No, there, no. Sometimes I don't think of it. I mean, I don't. But I, I, uh, no, no, not everywhere. But I. I use it during the day in different places. Um,
2: so you 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 will use it throughout the day.
1: Yeah, and also I take walks normally, and uh, particularly the night walk, which is more of a meditative walk. I I count uh, up to where I usually go and back. It's about two thousand steps.
2: My, you know, it's funny because I I know like from where I park. To your office is 82 steps.
1: That's right. Okay. Yeah, something like that. In other words, we're trying to... Mind you, I
2: only know that one. After that, I don't know.
1: Okay. So, you know, you start small. You know, this is something... The thing about me being an old man is that I've been um, doing these things for a while. But younger people, just starting, just... You remember, always start small. Don't take on more. You have to gradually... Um, up, it, up it as you go along. So you might want to take just like a hundred steps or something and um, say I'll count, you know, for a hundred or something. Uh, you have to always judge that, you know. You're not... You know, another thing, the mind could get into this and really start pushing, you know, some Herculean thing and that's really... But you're doing this in a softer way. Um you're just realizing something and you're going back to it. Realizing, I should, I lost my intention and now let me come back to it. You're not uh, being abusive to yourself. In, in, in the meditation as well, you leave it, something, get into some fantasy and you just gently bring it back to yourself.
2: So it's like if you're just starting out, you're not buying the guy or gal who's... Coming to you saying, yep, I counted the ten thousand steps, and I sat for three and a half hours
1: yeah, I mean I just uh, it's not it's for your own you know if people want some feedback and you know, I'll, you know, I'll listen and or the world we need we need that
2: I'm saying if you do do that you're you're you started off on the left foot, you know what I'm saying because mm-hmm. like you know your compulsive nature or the killer be killed and you all right if I'm gonna do this I'm gonna do it wholeheartedly and Mm -hmm. but you have no heart to begin with. So you you think you're doing something but it's actually more of part If you
1: catch it, right. But the main thing is if I catch it. Ah okay. Then I've been the wake and sleep goes back and forth. If I have an aim to do that and I realize you know something else got involved whatever it is I need to see. Seeing is the big important thing. I see what's happening. Not criticism, not judgment, not abuse. Seeing. Seeing itself. The mind doesn't believe it. But seeing itself is a unifying factor. And um, particularly in a quiet situation, but in general, seeing. Seeing is a unifier. Consciously, using my attention in that way. Okay. Um.
2: You know, when you say it, when you say it, like, when I see you or, or here and when you say these things, you know, as far as, you know, the novelty and what you're drawn to and diversions and so on and so forth, I mean, that's where most people live. I mean, that's where everybody lives that I know, pretty much. You know, I mean, I, I don't, I don't run into many people that are in the work or doing work. And when you explain, you know, different ways or possibilities to gleam something a little different, um, it sounds so readily doable, but. But I know the struggle that I have with it all the time. I mean, it's not, it's not easy, you
1: know. No, no, this crossover, of course, is not going to be easy. And I'm doing the same thing, too. I'm going in and out of it. It's just that I've been, I have the experience of doing it for a lot of years. Uh, but I still do the same thing. I, I forget. and go out and come back. and I, It never is, uh, uh, it's not perfect at all. But you're 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 learning a new discipline or tools um, to become more conscious and that's the idea and you're going to be more gentle with yourself because the sleep is pretty deep so' going pick small things and and um, and then raising the intention a little higher all the time and that's where the need of a school is very important a school and a a teacher, or so remember, we can't do this ourselves. We need a community, and we need guidance. I, I have plenty of. I've found a way to get that. All, all doing this, I've always, uh the things I've learned, I've done them through schools and people, not, not just myself. Okay.
2: Um, did you ever feel like you got taken advantage of in any of the schools, or did you leave one for another or anything along? those lines
1: no i don't no i don't feel i was taken advantage of um
2: i mean you always have a discerning eye i mean because you you know uh, you know like the moonies and all that kind of crap you know you hear a bunch of stuff about other schools and other things but how do you cipher that out
1: yeah well i i i fell into them they're like quicksand when i was young i i i was into scientology for a little while and uh how was that yeah See differences. They have they have something there they work on certain disciplines, um, but the thing is, when the state I was in, it almost didn't make any difference. Uh, I wasn't looking to do anything to do with any real coming up against my sleep. I didn't believe I was in there's something that had some interest, but um, I I couldn't. I don't have. Any, I didn't have any discipline, so I just went in and out of them when I got bored with them, went into something else. It took quite a while I had to go through, you know, three or four of them before I hit on something that, uh, so there's, you know, we can't, we're not going to quickly convince this mind about things. That's why we have to start off very small and realize everything comes from the sleep mostly. So even our takes on things and so at the very beginning, we don't really know. We have to be in that state of not knowing and, um... We get help from someone who's in a little different place that has been through it. Okay. uh, Now, sensitivity to the body, number four. Say it again. Sensitivity, Sensitivity to the body with breath. So, another part to add to this down the line is that as I do the counting... And I start from the breath point. I also feel my body, a special attention to my body, a sensation in my feet, sensitivity to the body. I feel a sensing in my body. I can feel that. Sometimes one sitting in an office or one is just waiting or something, you can um, have sensation in your right hand, for example, that you put a attention, concentration, and just into your right hand as you're sitting there and feel the sensation of that Or even going through your body, head, arms, limbs, Just as using the breath breath and the counting exercise from one limb to the next. And you feel the sensation of that. Okay, um, we're coming down to the end of our 17th. 17th, right. Um, A line that should be with us. What is my situation
0: in the hmm. moment?
1: What is my situation? As we sit, let's say we're using that Dennis office. As I sit there, what am I supposed to be doing right now? What am I supposed to be doing right now? Well, that line is with me. So as I sit here coming to the end of the podcast... I think that line. What am I? What am I supposed to be doing now? How was this half hour? How there was I. What am I supposed? So touch my situation, the room I'm in, the moment I'm in, and what? What am I to do right now? Because eventually the idea is to. Raise everything to bring something to the light. So, the raise a situation, if something is going a certain direction, what would be raising it up a little higher in consciousness that's with me? How could I, not as an ego thing, it's just what, what, not, not, what could I do to add, raise? for a little higher consciousness. Okay, so there were two quick hours. I'm looking at the clock. We're coming to the end. And we, we spend kind of a Buddhist 16th and 17th. And that'll be, I'll just be going by, as I call this the training wheels going into. Um, and we'll, we'll go to other traditions too and see to what tools they offer for this archaeological dig, these layers of material we have that we have to get through to reach a higher consciousness. So, we thank... I don't think we'll be recording next week. I think this will... Yeah, I think this is it. So, we want to wish our podcast people uh, a happy holiday. Right? Absolutely.
2: Happy yeah. holidays. Yeah, Do your thing.
1: Do your thing. Okay. And... um And it kind of will be the end of the year. No, no, we'll have a little more time. After the holidays, yeah, yeah, the following week we'll probably be back. So if any of the things I said today that interest you at all about Buddhism, and particularly mindfulness, the little things I can do to be more conscious in just every little small part of my life. Okay, thank you, and we'll be back with you soon. Bye.
0: The bells. It's Christmas time in the city. kid's voice uh-huh.